You guys, today we have a fun interview for you guys. It just felt like kindred spirits meeting through the digital interwebs. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. And we have Jordan and Milena on today from the, I was going to say now that we're a family podcast, but the As For Me and My House podcast. I have loved living, listening to their podcast over the years. I know you guys are going to enjoy it too if you haven't been familiar with their podcast before. I hope you guys enjoyed this interview as much as Elisha and I did. It is so encouraging just to see families in a completely different state serving out the Great Commission. And we talk about the Great Commission here on this podcast. We talk about um, doing things differently than our parents and how we are trying to grow multi-generational families and honoring our parents while doing things differently. I just think this is a really encouraging episode and I know that you guys are going to love it too. So don't forget to check the description box where you can figure out where to follow Jordan and Melena for more and uh, be encouraged by them and their family as they pursue Christ. Also, we have one other thing for you. Nice. Do, am I going to read this or are you going to read it? Or do, how are we going to do this? <laughs> well, this, today, this... We're new at this because this this episode is sponsored. This is a sponsored episode by... We mentioned this last week, but we this is official now. Okay. So we already talked about how much we've been enjoying Good Ranchers and they are kind enough to decide to sponsor this podcast, which this is this is helpful. You know, many of you ask, hey, how can we support you guys? You know, we already bought the Get It All Done Club. We're in the growth initiative. We buy your music lessons, and we're so grateful for that. But honestly, by you just shopping with Good Ranchers with our link, that does support our podcast. And so, Good Ranchers, Katie, you want to read this off? Well, I don't need to read it because really? I already know. Yeah, something that they're offering you guys, which is super exciting, is if you use our code VOTEBERG, then you not only get $20 off your first subscription, but you also get two pounds of free meat when you purchase in January. That two pounds of free meat is not just for January, though. It's for the entire year. So you get two pounds of free pasture-raised, hand-trimmed chicken breast. I am such a huge fan of Good Ranchers meat, you guys. We've enjoyed it now for three months. They were one of the first brands that we switched to for a Christian family that we could support here in America. They are American meat delivered, and their prices are comparable to what you'll find at the grocery store for grass-fed, pasture-raised meat that is beyond organic. But there are two key differences. One, it shows up at your door, which is really awesome. And two, it is supporting someone that you want to be supporting. Mm -hmm. And that is really awesome for me. One other thing that I want to mention, if you don't know what box to start with or what subscription to start with, and you're looking for that, you know, $20 off and the free chicken, then check out their weekly essentials box. It's awesome for meal prepping and you'll get to experience their chicken breast, their steak, their ground beef. And also, I don't know what they call it, but it's like the chicken that's already pre-sliced. So you don't have to worry about like touching chicken juice, which really grosses me out. That's one of the grossest things. As far as like <laughs> gag reflexes for me, yeah. chicken juice does it. Like raw chicken juice. That'll just get me every time. Yeah, so check them out. And thank you guys so much for sponsoring our podcast. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Well, Jordan, Melena, I cannot tell you. How pumped we are to have you here on the Now That We're a Family podcast. Uh, we were talking before we started recording, and it just got me more and more excited because, as Katie mentioned, we've followed you online for some years now, 
And uh, we've admired the intentionality that you've put forth into your marriage, into raising your children. Uh, but I know selfishly, I kind of want to hear some some more of the story. So I want to hear kind of maybe a, an origin story. Uh, but for those of you that maybe have not yet met you, can you guys give like a current day update? Like who who are you guys? You know, right now, 2024, where do you live? How many children do you have? How long have you been married? Uh, can you guys give us a, a quick update on your life? Yes. Well, thank you guys for having us. We're so honored and so excited. Do you want to give a quick little spiel about us? Yeah. So we met uh, back in high school or high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And I was 17 and Melena was 15 at the time uh, we started dating. And we got connected through a mutual friend from church and her uh, father was a pastor at our church and mm-hmm. she was kind of our our go-to wing girl. And yeah. uh, we started dating and, you know, got more serious and got engaged and uh i was engaged at 19 we were really young i remember i couldn't drink at my own wedding i was 20 years old at our wedding not even like a celebratory you know champagne toast or anything but it's okay um so yeah we got married and uh, about a year and a half into marriage almost a year and a half into marriage we Mm -hmm. uh, had our first child alethea and she'll be five next month Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had Ari, our son, he's three and a half. And our youngest, Evangeline, is 18 months. And we got number four on the way due in the next coming months here. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's I can't been... forget about Jaya. We also did recently go through a miscarriage, but we still consider that one of our babies. So, yes, yeah. in our minds, we have five babies. Yeah. Uh, four or three here and one in heaven. Is that and we, one on how the we way. It? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it can get a little confusing. Yeah. But... And, um, so yeah, we we have uh, been doing social media, um, Melena more full time if you want to call it that for about six seven years now, mm-hmm. and really started with a you know she got into the well I don't want to speak for you but a lot of the kind of makeup and outfit of the day and kind of the you know standard things that a seventeen eighteen year old girl would would be doing on YouTube, mm-hmm. and right after we got married she made a video that she felt the Lord put on her heart and she said you know, I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. She's like, you know, I, I like doing the, the YouTube thing, but it's been a lot of time. And she was in school at the time and nannying. And it's like just a lot of time. And I don't know if I should like keep doing it. It just seems like, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't know if it's worth it. And she's like, I'm going to post this one last video and I'll probably, you know, that I'll be done with it. Mm-hmm. And the video was the untold truth about saving yourself for marriage. And it was basically about our our commitment to be abstinent before we got married. And uh, the the response was like a tidal wave. I mean, almost overnight, mm-hmm. people were following and subscribing and sharing and commenting. I thought I was alone. I was so damaged by the whole purity culture movement in the church and this, um, you know, restriction without reason. And mm-hmm. to see that there's other people out there who are normal or like me. Six years ago, too, where there weren't really a lot of like Christians online, I guess. Like, I don't know. It was still like so it felt that six years, it literally feels like 20 years because I feel like the Internet every one year on the Internet feels like five because <laughs> so much changes. But at the time, like that wasn't a video you posted. That was like when vlogs were really like daily vlogs and like no one posted stuff like that. Yeah, it was, so it was completely like, different from her normal, yes, regularly scheduled really programming. <laughs> yeah. And so that was a confirmation, uh, you know, a few weeks go by and she's gaining a lot of followers and a lot of people, a lot of eyeballs. And mm-hmm. she said, all right, Lord, I guess, you know, you have a reason for me to stay doing this. And that's mm-hmm. when 
since they're kind of snowballed into talking about biblical womanhood and what does it look like? What does femininity look like in 2024? What does it look like to raise children in the word? And how do we as a husband and wife navigate that dynamic and raising our children and Mm -hmm. um, so on and so forth. But yeah, we, we've been doing it now for a few years and Mm -hmm. uh, just been such a joy and a gift to to be able to partner with Milena and not just as spouses, but working together too. It's, it's come with a lot of struggles and challenges as I'm sure you guys can attest to, but mm-hmm. um, the Lord's certainly used it as a means to fortify and reinforce our relationship as husband and wife. So, well, that is so cool. It's funny you mentioned that video because that is the video I found you on. We were really? newly married. Yeah. And like you said, there weren't, there weren't all these YouTube podcasts out there that were talking about these issues or whatever, six years ago, it was the space I was in at the time was like the mommy cleaning video era, you know? And so, yeah, it was just, it was a breath of fresh air to hear from someone with a totally different background. Um, You guys were both like, you guys went to a public school, right? Is that how you guys were both educated? Yeah. So it's like, I usually heard about those types of things from people who grew up similarly to how we grew up, which was probably what people would have described as the purity culture, where it was an ultra conservative, uh, or not Home ultra, school. but a conservative movement. Yeah. We were both homeschooled and we grew up with those expectations. That was the norm with the kids we were hanging out with, I should say, through high school. It wasn't a secular environment. Um, and so that really stood out to me in your, um, just your testament to that. I was like, wow, that is so cool that they're surrounded by all these young people that are totally not adhering to the standard and still no one to see God's us. blessing in that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't believe you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, or they'd be like, why? You know, like that was just so far removed from their reality or just, like they just and some people still like I have friends who are saved and their parents aren't and they're engaged and they're saving themselves and their moms and dads like genuinely don't understand why they're doing that so it's definitely a testimony and definitely a way to enter into a conversation with someone about your faith mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so then how was that because like you said it's not like you, if I understand you correctly, it's not like you saw this platform as like a ministry first uh, platform. And then all of a sudden, this video opened this door to speak to things pertaining to your faith, biblical standards, God, the gospel, and all of that. So is that one of those things where you two were aligned on from the beginning where you're like, we should do this? Or was it like a, just kind of a, an afterthought where you're like, well, that was kind of a cool thing that God used and it's a one-off situation? Or, or were you both like, maybe we should pursue this? That's a great question because I feel like at the time we were so young and we had just gotten married. Like we, I was still in college. He was like in, he was a corrections officer, um, but he went to school for theology. And so in one way, yes, like that was, I always felt kind of unqualified to talk about these things. Um, I don't know. I feel like we never really sat down. Maybe when we were going to start our podcast more so, because on my channel, I was still kind of doing makeup and like vlogs and more casual things. Very so often I would do more of those like specific videos. But I would say when we started our podcast five years ago, we did have that conversation. Yeah. In hindsight, looking back, yes, the Lord had that uh, very clearly Mm -hmm. uh, that path laid out for us to walk into. But uh, like Melana said, I I worked outside of this whole thing, and it wasn't until 
you know, shortly afterwards that you started realizing I need to drop school, drop other side jobs and really pursue this as a career. And mm -hmm. if the Lord brings about, you know, other provision for our lives from that, then, you know, we're going to, by God's will, steward that and, and use that to, you know, be a blessing to others around us. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he's still, you know, continued to, to do that to us. And uh, so we're grateful for, for the provision, but I was kind of like off on my own kind of career path doing the more standard, you know, um, getting into my, my career, but it wasn't until uh, a few years ago, actually, that I started realizing the, the talent here that we had, as far as, you know, using the, the parable analogy of we have, you know, five, at least five, maybe the 10 talent vision and resources here. How do we, how do we deploy this for the, for the kingdom? And mm -hmm. so, when we started As For Me In My House, that was really, like Melina said, us thinking through our salvation and our faith. And uh, um, like Paul says, you know, working through all these things with fear and trembling. We're like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I had some schooling and some some background, but it wasn't to the level of, you know, who you would you would think as far as, oh, this person's, you know, walking theology uh, textbook, you know. And so we, we didn't let that uh, stop us. We realized, okay, we're we have a lot of growing and a lot of learning to do, but we also know that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And so we wanted to really step into that as an act of obedience and know that he would refine us and, and prune us along the way and mm -hmm. still continuing to. So, yeah, that's it's certainly become if, if it wasn't from the beginning, it certainly is now um, a, a higher calling for us than just work or a livelihood. It's it's our it's our ministry as well. Yeah, and it's something that I really appreciate about your guys' dynamic on on your podcast in particular is the you know it's it's the conversational nature of you guys addressing what could be considered you know challenging topics. We're like, okay, this is a huge topic, but I think so so many people are accustomed to hearing that topic approach from very uh, dogmatic, authoritative. Uh, standpoint, which we need those people. We need, you know, theological people in a, in positions of authority speaking with clarity. But I think there's something very like, um, I guess, you know, easy to partake in the conversation when you feel like you are trying to sort it out for yourself. As you said, we're kind of like, okay, here we go. Like we, we need to apply this faith that we do have. What does this look like practically? And you work that out with, with each other on the podcast. And I can only imagine how many conversations that's started across, you know, the world because they hear you having the conversation and they're like, well, we should probably have that conversation too in our house. And so I think it's pretty cool that you guys have been faithful to the call. And yes, when you've got the clarity that, that the scripture brings, speak with authority, you know, don't say, well, you know, to each his own when the Bible's definitive on a subject, but then also have the humility of being like, you know, at the same time, we are, we're pretty young, you know, we're, we're new parents. And so I think you guys walk that, that line in a very great way with very, very uh, well balanced where you speak with confidence and authority to the things that the Bible speaks with confidence and authority to. And then with some things that because it's 2024, the application might look different than 20 years ago or 80 years ago. You, you have that type of grace to walk through those issues as well. Yeah. I'm kind of curious too, because you mentioned the podcast, but then as a follower of Milena's YouTube channel, I've also seen like that direction shift uh, pretty substantially, even over like the last year. And so what has that kind of looked like? Was that this moment where you're all of a sudden like, okay, I'm totally going to change the direction? Or was it just like one video at a time you were feeling prompted to, you know, share something different? Yes. So 
it was not intentional in any way. It wasn't like we had, it's funny because we had had a meeting back in April where we like flew a guy out. He helped us structure and we work everything for all of our branding. It was a, it was a business consulting yes, meeting that we had yes. like an intensive and he's a believer he too. flew in and basically helped us put a lot of strategy to, mm-hmm. all right, what do we want to do? We have this platform. We have all this opportunity. Mm-hmm. How do we deploy this practically? And, and you know, we could see the the potential down the road but what how do we put the roadmap to navigate through all of that so yeah, yeah that's that's the guy that we flew out that yes. is referring to and not a single thing that has happened this last year was actually on the board on the whiteboard or like planned structured anything i feel like the lord just like completely came and was like let me tell you about this so after we struggled and went through our miscarriage in june Um, after that, I feel like it just like shook me to my core. And I was like, I don't want to use my platform for anything other than the glory of the Lord. And I just had this unwavering, like, I just didn't care about anything other than the Lord. And I feel like just seeing how frugal and how fragile life is and how much can change in just an instant. Um, I think it's so sobering when you experience something like that. And it just really shook us. And so, yeah, I think after that, I feel like I had this like aha moment where I kind of just like woke up and was like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I don't know what, I don't know. Like we just don't know. And I really think that got brought up so close to us that it was just so it just kind of poured out what Melana's um describing i think is summed up in ecclesiastes 7 i uh, love the book i I believe it's it's either nothing matters verse 2 i think or verse 4 it says it's better to go to the house of mourning than the house of feasting Mm. for death is the end of all and the living should take it to heart you're like oh that's my morning devotion like (laughs) I couldn't really feel good, but there's such there's such sobriety in understanding the fragility of life and yeah. that this is a vapor, as James puts it. And what really matters, it, it gives you perspective. And you hear about this all the time when, you know, people describe near death experiences or claim to, you know, have died and come back. And uh, whether they're Christian or not, they experience mm-hmm. they they kind of have a thread of consistency through all these stories of I understood how vain like the vanity of vanities right everything's meaningless type of response that we read in the in ecclesiastes and it's this idea of what really matters puts everything into perspective Mm -hmm. and now that you have all the noise and and distractions kind of off the table and cleared off because you go through something tragic or you have a a hardship you start to realize what really matters what's really important and that Mm -hmm. actually God use that for good and to mm-hmm. bring about such clarity in our purpose of where does he want us to go now? And so mm-hmm. we're over here trying to take, you know, all the best business practices and how do we apply this in a strategy and bring out, you know, a, a, a an expert. And that was time well spent, but it was also mm-hmm. a wake up call for us that we're not in control of anything mm-hmm. and control is such an illusion. Mm-hmm. So we, we said, all right, Lord, we're, we're, leaning into you on this and have your way and how do we navigate and, and go go about the next process here so mm-hmm. yeah that was that was a sobering thing um to be able to come out of that and so much of of creativity and planning and and, and guidance and direction came from a, a situation mm-hmm. that was felt very dark and, and 
turbulent in our lives. Yeah. And I feel like all I could do was praise the Lord because even though we had gone through something that was so hard, we had an overwhelming amount of peace through it all. We had so much joy. Like it was just a very, very different experience than what I had ever heard everyone, anyone that had ever walked through a miscarriage. So all I wanted to do was shout from the rooftops, like Lord can do any and everything. Like you can go through the hardest things and like still have joy. Like that's, I feel like all that I wanted to do. Yeah. It's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to model it. Like literally live it out through like while everyone's watching it happen. So yeah, and that was a really late miscarriage too, wasn't it? That wasn't like, I mean, every single miscarriage is devastating, but like we've experienced losing a baby the first week we found out we were pregnant and then at 10 weeks. And there was a dramatic shift in my emotion and connection to that baby. And you are you were pretty far along. Yeah, I was, I was 17 weeks. Yeah, so that's a very, that is a traumatic experience. I had to have surgery and everything, so yeah. Yeah, wow, wow. that is... That's so beautiful that the Lord took that and you allowed him to take that and uh, turn it into something that can bless so many people. And yeah. those really and, dark and now, And now, like looking back too, we have a rainbow baby. I fell pregnant like three weeks after the surgery. So wow. like the Lord, had, like it was just, yeah, it's been a huge blessing. Wow. That's so special. That is cool. Yeah. There, there haven't been because of just the Lord's graciousness, there haven't been too many moments in our life where we're like, oh, this is just straight up hard and you can't see the silver line. You know, I think any hardship I had experienced, I'd always be able to say, well, you know, on the bright side, you know, if you look on the bright side and, and I think, you know, miscarriages were a couple of those situations for us where we're like, well, this just stinks. Like there's, I don't, that, that's all it does is it just stinks. And then to be able to have that realization that you're like, oh, this is trusting the Lord. Like this is actually trusting in his providence and going to him for our fulfillment and for our satisfaction. And in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And so it's cool that you guys in going through that, you, uh, you didn't, you, you found the peace, you rest in his peace, but then it actually changed the trajectory of your life in a practical way as well. And, you know, that's something that I think just regardless of whether you're working online or you're in like this formal ministry, that mindset of, man, whatever my hand findeth to do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And he brings the increase. Like he's going to bring the fruit. And there's so much peace in that. We were kind of like, well, you know what, Lord, like, uh, because like you said, when you get tactical and strategic, that can be really beneficial. But then there's something about like, man, I want to, when I put my head on the pillow, be like, I worked as unto the Lord and he'll bring the increase in his time. Wait, and that's so real quick, because this is something I don't know if you guys have ever like struggled with this, but that just reminded me of how this last year we started doing Sabbaths. And prior to that, like my management that I would like all throughout any time that I've had management, like they've always say like post consistently, don't take time off. If you take time off, your numbers go down. If your numbers go down, then this decreases. Like it's always been so ingrained in me that I can never take time off, like even postpartum and stuff. And so I have always just been so consistent about posting and posting and posting and never taking time off. And if I did, like, it just felt awful. And with our, with us doing our Sabbaths, one of the things that I was taking rest from was social media. And I remember the first time that I took a Saturday off, my following grew by a thousand. And I was like, like, it was just like this aha moment. I was like, why have I been listening to all this like silly strategy and like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like the Lord can literally do anything. And so it's been really cool to see that I've actually taken the most 
rest off of social media that I ever have the last six months. And my social media has grown the most it ever has mm-hmm. in the last six months. And I'm like, that's the Lord. Like, why didn't I surrender and just give it to him from the beginning? Cause I've, I've, I've learned. Yeah. So, and that's not, that's not by any means like a, a case for, uh, that's the lead. formula. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's Instagram strategy. Everyone needs to follow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or even just like an excuse, like, Oh, be lazy or you don't have to do anything because God's going to do it anyways. But I do believe the horse is prepared for the battle, but the victory is with the Lord. So there's an active part for us. And that sometimes that active part is mm-hmm. laying down your effort of, of bootstrapping. Well, because it. I, yeah, I kept thinking that I had the control. I had the growth. I had to do this, but the Lord was like, I yeah, got he's this. still, he's still, orchestrating it all and so it was more of a lesson i think but to to katie's original uh, point you know that's how your content has shifted over the last year because Mm -hmm. we're taking the experiences that god's teaching us and the lessons and trying to make it palatable for the internet and saying okay here's what we're walking through and here's the lessons we're learning and so many people have found encouragement and and somebody to confide in and i'm not alone and such so much of our lives, I think, is spent in uh, isolation, and mm-hmm. um, there's there's a, a real attack by a real enemy to, you know, you're you're the only one that's like this. You're the only one that thinks that way. You're the only one experiencing this. And mm-hmm. I think all the more as as believers, we're to band together and do what you know Hebrews tells us is to not forsake meeting together, but encourage each other all the more as the, you see the day growing closer and. Uh, you know, using the power of the internet, that's bringing people together in in a sense, right? Maybe not mm-hmm. physically in person, but you're able to identify and 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 raise up one another and and encourage one another. So, I think people found a lot of comfort in your testimony and and all of that, and that's been praise God. Just what you see with Melana is what you get, right? I mean, she's uh, I I aspire to be the same way, but it's uh you know, balancing life on social media, like you want to be authentic, but also, you know, guarded in certain ways that, you know, you still have a private life. And, and I feel like you guys do a really good job at that. Yeah, that's something like, that we really, want to honor really you guys job. about. Yeah, you guys really you encouraging. That. You do. You really do. Yeah, thanks for thanks That for is encouraging that. because I do feel like it's a, it's a line we're all trying to figure out, right? And the first time, and I'm sure we look back at some of the content we've created and we're like, oh man, well, you know, why do we do that? But we're, we're learning as we go. And so, yeah, you just have to trust that the Lord's in it and yeah, he'll well, lead. And something that uh, you guys even mentioned, I think earlier is, you know, even having children, that's, that's probably changed the trajectory in a lot, in a lot of ways, you know, when it comes to the type of content, the amount you want to work. Um, and so I'm curious when it comes to parenting, when it comes to, you know, child rearing, what did you guys have a vision? Like when you got married, cause you got married, re- I mean, you met, you said at 15 and 17, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I've heard you guys say you knew very soon that you wanted to get married. Um, and then you ended up getting married. You were 20. Is that correct, Melina? And you were 22. Jordan, at that point where you're like, man, children are in the equation. We want a family. But maybe maybe that's later. Or did you guys want to get after it right away? What, what was your philosophy around children right when you got married? We laughed because... I feel like we were the typical couple that's like, oh, we're on a five-year plan, which is like so comical because I told Jordan I was pregnant for our first anniversary, wedding anniversary. Yeah. So we were definitely not on that track. But yeah, our view of like children and how much of a blessing they are and how like when we first got married, I went on birth control like three months prior because that's just like what you do. So you don't get pregnant. Like, but then I hated it. So I got off of it. Like, 
now I would never touch birth control ever again. It's just so different how we view children and how much of a blessing we truly think they are. Um, I think so much was for me, just a lack of introspection and really thinking through these things. Just, that, yeah. And, I think that just comes with our age. Like, I feel like we've just learned so much as we've lived. I don't even know how much of what I can chalk it up to other than ignorance and saying, oh, I just assumed things are the way they are because this is how I was raised or how yeah. society tells us. Right. And, mm-hmm. and even in the church, there's, um, I know we, we're both familiar with Jeremy Pryor and uh, a lot of his, his work and he's, he's actually in a, writing a book now. And it's okay that I say this cause he's released, you know, bits and pieces of, but we take, we look at Genesis one twenty seven where God makes man in his own image. And we see that he creates male and female in his own likeness. And we, we as Christians all around say, yes, this is great. You know, we're made in God's image. You have intrinsic value and your life matters because you're made in God's image. Right. That's why we're against all these things that would challenge and, and come against the Imago day. Right. And, so you look at that and you say, well, yeah, yes and amen. But then the very next verse, verse 28, says, and God bless them. And he says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion rule, right? And these, mm-hmm. these concepts and that, that's where the wheels start to fall off in the church because you go to many churches all around the country today and it's just this idea of, you know, we've adopted the cultural view on a lot of things and mm-hmm. and to, much to the our detriment. And so when you you have a, a church that hasn't, you know, corrected these things or even considered them in today's day and age, then you're going to start to get things like, well, you know, you don't, uh, who cares about having kids or, you know, our car's not going to be big enough if we have another one. So we're going to have to upgrade our vehicle and I refuse to get a, you know, a sprinter <laughs> a van or whatever. And it's like, or the kids are expensive or, you know, and all these, all these things that, you know, come with that whole, that whole philosophy. And then you're like, well, why does it seem like people are opting out of having children more and more these days? Right. And you start thinking, well, what's that going to do? What's the ripple effect downstream that that's going to cause 30, 40, 50 years from now, when you have elderly people that are, there's no one left to care for them. And now you have um, not to, just a quick little side tangent is now you have problems in countries like, you know, uh, Korea and even China and some places where they've adopted the, you know, one child policy and made that law. Now they're starting to back, you know, backtrack on that and say, wait a second, our population trajectory is really, you know, skewed here and it's going to be off. We need to change how we think about bringing up children, even just for very practical reasons, mm. let alone this is a biblical mandate. Yeah. You know, if, if God, if the very first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful, multiply, you have two and maybe you have one kid. And Jeremy says this too, is like, Okay, maybe you have, you know, one kid and people can understand, all right, you want to have the experience of being a, a parent, right? And cool, you have a kid. And then let's say you have a boy and then you, next you have a girl and that's like, okay, great. You have a boy and a girl. Why, why would you ever have a third child? Like, are you insane? Like what? And this whole idea of why would you have a fourth? Why would you have a fifth? Like completely disconnected from the idea of this is a biblical mandate and it's a multi-generational mission that's going to take more than just your, you and your spouse or even your children. There's a reason why God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Mm -hmm. because it's three generations plus that this God is known to, it's not just my, my God, it's my father's God. It's my grandfather's God. And Mm -hmm. there's a a thread of the consistency of who he is and in, in the people that he's, 
he's called. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot there, but I'll well, I'll, uh, I'll get off my say, soapbox. Even just hearing you say that, I feel like there's been so much growth because when we first had our daughter, this was not the type of conversations we were having at all, mm-hmm. or like even thinking about like it was like oh cute baby fun okay I guess I'll drop out of college or like okay I guess like I I always wanted to be a young mom but I didn't think I'd be a mom at 21 I thought maybe like 25 26 so when it was that early on like I feel like that definitely shook us but I was just excited and I thought it was just a cute kid to like dress up like shows the vanity that I thought of like what kids were like it the Lord has definitely sobered me in that area and now Malin is like I want 10 and I'm like all right nice <laughs> so we can expect to see a sprinter show she up comes- in your driveway oh, for sure <laughs> she comes from 11 right don't you have 11 yeah uh, well yeah I'm the oldest of 11 and Elisha's fourth born of 10 so wow. our conversations were more like or I think people when they saw our family size were like so are you guys like going to try to pass up your parents or something? We're like, we're just going to take it one at a time, <laughs> you know, but that honestly gave me chills when you're saying that, Jordan, because I think it is so cool that like we live in totally different spots in the country. There's so many other couples who are waking up to this around not just nationally, you know, but worldwide with this multi-generational vision and it is so cool like we're on the same team you know we're on god's side we want to raise up these children to glorify and honor him and create families that glorify and honor him and i just think this is something that the church has really fallen short in in past generations and i just feel there's this revival of young families being like children something one of my friends says is children are not an accessory and I can so easily fall into that mindset. Like you said, there's something to dress up and look cute around me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I just think it's, that's just so encouraging. And so, okay, so this, so it wasn't that way with your first baby. You didn't feel that, you know, call. And then you have your second. And then when did that, was it a gradual process? Was it mentorship? You know, you mentioned the priors. How did that look? How did you guys transition? I'd say definitely for our third, because our first two, we had them really young and they're 16 months apart. So the, that felt, and I was 23. So I was like 23 and had two under two. And I feel like I was just like trying to survive. And, uh, what, after that we had our third and that has been like, I feel like, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but with each child that we've had, we really have felt like it has transformed us as parents. Like, I feel like a totally different mother every yeah, time. Yeah, dynamic always shifts. Yes. And like our, with the third, it was just so different. My postpartum experience was so different. Like the way that our marriage was, like our marriage got so strong after having a third and you'd think it'd be the opposite. And then I feel like that's really when we had that strong vision. And that's also when Jordan started getting plugged in more with Jeremy and more of like family teams and just being around other men who are such strong leaders and have such a vision for generation that once he was on board for that it just like spilled into our family and it's been so fruitful um and it's just so beautiful when a man leads so well so yeah i got i was i remember i was sitting meeting with some other friends um you know family teams friends and they were saying uh, I, I was getting choked up. We're doing just a small group session and he, I was sharing some of the struggles, like feeling guilty for disciplining my kids in a way that I shouldn't, or, um, you know, feeling like I've failed in a lot of ways as, you know, already as a, as a father. And one, one guy turned to me and he says, you're already like, you 
you don't have to, what I'm hearing you saying is you have to you feel like you have to work or reach some sort of a milestone but God's already giving you everything like you are right like right now you are uh fully equipped to be the father for your kids and mm -hmm. that unlocked something profound for me because I thought wow I here I am like trying to work from a position of of bootstrapping it and Mm -hmm. uh, to think that and then now I'm starting to see the translation of that with my relationship with the Lord and him as our heavenly father how like to really step into fatherhood mm -hmm. uh, there's there's things that Elisha and I can relate to that a guy who's just married and doesn't have children yet he doesn't even know how to understand the the relationship dynamic of having your own children you know and so uh stepping into that role and, and really just saying all right I'm already qualified I'm already given everything that I I'm needed now it's just a matter of walking in that and, and being obedient uh in those things there's of course room to grow but mm -hmm. yeah I would say when we had Evangeline our third I started to realize all right how big is this gonna get <laughs> like how many more and mm -hmm. why have the fourth why have the fifth why continue and so mm -hmm. when I was able to get like-minded guys around to who have done that and have come from those families to say mm -hmm. here's the all the value and the benefit it was completely foreign to me but I was like yes this is this is a, a the right way this is what we ought to do and so yeah I've just been trying to be a sponge and glean as much as I can from uh, those folks who, who are walking the walk and, and gone before us and it's been yeah really rich wow. yeah I love hearing that just um the the persistent pursuit of growth, you know, being, putting yourself around other like-minded people. Uh, cause I, I think that can be something, like you said, the internet's such an awesome resource. I'm so grateful uh, every day I'm consuming something online that is encouraging and, and equipping. Uh, and at the same time, you, I mean, you have to be proactive in doing that, but then being able to find particular things can be so helpful. And that takes an element of humility, you know, saying first there's this, this calling of like, okay, I am a father, but I, I need encouragement. I need support in, in this journey. And, you know, when you were talking about being other around other men that are, have a multi-generational vision there, as you know, it's crazy for me to say this, but up until like two years ago, or I mean, pretty re up until pretty recently, like my vision stopped at 40. I was like, I think I can picture a really fun life until I'm 40. Yes. And just like, that's just like, and the strength of my youth will then fade. And then I don't, I guess I'll just see what happens after that. And now like, I mean, Lord willing, the the idea of seeing my grandchildren and great grandchildren, it, it genuinely gets me more excited than than my thirties, you know, or than than my forties. But seeing my adult children know the Lord, and then they're raising children to know the Lord, I'm like, that is, that's the finish. I mean, like that's the goal, you know. And then obviously you go beyond that, and then when you, when you're when the Lord takes you home, and to think about the work that you've done, continuing on. Um, and so I can see how that could be such an impactful thing. And, and, and again, go backing up to what you're saying a bit ago, Jordan, just when you can really get a vision for family, it changes the practical things, you know, it changes, it changes the practical app application. And I'm curious as to what that dynamic was like, you know, you, you mentioned people that don't have, you know, believing, believing parents, but coming from your families, like there, there is going to be tension oftentimes with in-laws, with parents. What has that been in, in your experience, the support? Has it been supportive? Has it been skeptical? Yeah. Um, how has that dynamic been? It's funny you asked that because when we, when I got pregnant with our second and it was so close in age because our youngest was seven months at the time. And I remember when I like told them we were pregnant and they were like, 
you know, like they're like, already. And then when it was the third, and then when it was the fourth, and then I feel like we kind of had to sit them down and we we're like, we're just getting started. So like wait, you really can't keep acting like you're surprised every time. Your your grandma said something. Like, oh yeah, we just told my grandma that I was pregnant with the fourth, and she's in Brazil. So my my sister's telling her, she goes, Oh no, poor thing. Uh-huh. And then my mom's like, No, it's a, they wanted it. They want she goes, Oh, okay, then okay. God bless her then. <laughs> But she's translating it from Portuguese. So just to hear like just to hear her say it. And I I'm not fluent, but I know enough to like understand little bits here and there. So I was like, she's saying, Oh, coitada de me. Like, oh poor poor Melina. And she's like, like, Oh, the bone. Like, oh, that's oh, that's good then. Like just back and forth. Complete opposite. Like, God be with her. But yeah, to to navigate that, it's yeah, like Melina said, we've had to just kind of sit down our our parents and say, Hey, here's we're we're this isn't an indictment we're we're so thankful for the road that they've paved and we're just seeking to build onto it right like what good parent wouldn't want to see their children go farther as you hand the baton and say you're an adult now or you're at the age where you're simply just adding on to the foundation that was laid like i did to your grandfathers and your grandmother right and so Mm -hmm. with that which each generation we're, we're we're desiring to do that and so that's what it looks like for us in today's day and age. And so like uh, for gro- for me growing up, my parents were both the youngest in their families and the only ones to go to college and f- finish college and both retire and they're well younger than their siblings. And so for me growing up, it's always been, you know, go to college, get like a stable job and like work your career and, you know, kind of take the, the, the sure and steady tried and true. And I don't know if I'm just like a little bit more ambitious in, in how God's wired me, but you were I thought huge vision. And sometimes I do bite off more than I can chew, and it's it's bit me in the butt a lot. But uh, uh, I'm, the Lord's working on me in that, and so I've thought, well, it's not that it's wrong or that they had it right wrong, and I'm you know the new generation coming up that knows everything, and I, I'm you know it, I don't I wouldn't chalk it up to to uh, pride or or being arrogant. I would say. This is just how we've understood when we re- rediscover the biblical model for raising up a family. This is how it looks for me and Milena. And I think those principles are should be applied across the board, but that, you know, that's looked different from where we came from. So trying to bring them into mm-hmm. our vision so and get them into parents, our mind. is They had two kids and my parents had two kids. So the fact that we have four that's already doubled than what they had yeah, it's um, all new for them too. And that's something right. we're trying to be sensitive to is like they're they're experiencing experiencing this from the grandparent vantage point, mm-hmm. but also realizing they they didn't know like my dad came from four, my mom came from three. Same with your parents. That's like three, I didn't realize that until four, just yeah. now. But yeah, so like they, they had a little bit larger families, but it was one of those things okay, where yes. you think, well, there's a wrong way to do this and maybe a better way to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah, uh, we're seeking to certainly raise our children up in in the way that you know that that ought to be maybe it's not Mm -hmm. perfect but yeah it's we're we're aiming for how how does this look in 2024 with you know certain unique challenges that weren't weren't available or existed back then having an online presence right and having the whole social media uh portion to deal with and then Mm -hmm. saying well what do we 
want to envision for our family. Just having those, I was so surprised. I, I was and I wasn't so surprised to find out like how many couples don't even just sit down and like lay out a, a family vision and lay out or like a mission statement. Here's what we want to do. Like and it sounds it sounds cheesy, but when you do that, you're you're actually able like you do that in business and like the corporate world. You do that in churches, right? That have modeled and, and kind of borrowed and adapted a lot of this corporate strategy. But it's like, why don't we do that for a family? The most, you know, vital, basic unit of of uh, of um, you know carrying out God's plan to the to the world. And so mm-hmm. it just makes sense that you would start with this vision. And if that vision includes Genesis one twenty eight to be fruitful and multiply, you know, then bringing our parents and our in-laws into that to mm-hmm. now they're like, okay, they're understanding, even if they're like, I don't really know what this looks like. They're mm-hmm. understanding where we're coming from and that this isn't just us being crazy or jumping on with the next latest and greatest fad. This is actually a very ancient uh, tradition and a very ancient wisdom that we're just trying to recover. And, and the Lord has answered this prayer in a lot of ways too, because just a couple of weeks ago, um, we've been doing Shabbat dinners this last year as well. And we just invited my parents for Shabbat a couple of weeks ago. And we had another family over and we had a total of seven kids. And then there were six adults. Like there were more kids than adults, which is really interesting. And the age gap, like there were a lot of kids in the home and our home is very tiny. And so it was just a lot of noise. And my dad was sitting down and he was like talking to us and like, he's like choking up and he's like, these are blessings. And he was just like speaking about kids in a way that I'd never heard him talk. Like you could tell that he was so like, he was finally like understanding all of like what we've been trying to say. He understood the assignment (laughs) and it was just really beautiful. And he was like, you guys are going to miss this. Like the, I know it's really loud in here. I know it's noisy, but these kids are such blessings. And Mm -hmm. like, it was just, I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow. I never thought I'd hear my dad speak like this. So I feel like the Lord's answered that prayer in a lot of ways and has just humbly like used Jordan and I as a witness to them too of like what it truly means to see children as blessings too because I feel like you can say that all day long but then like what does it practically look like yeah I think it's so cool how I mean yes your parents are obviously going to come on board I feel like because of the way just you're speaking of them is so honoring and is so respectful even though you're choosing to do something different and I love how Jordan said we're continuing to build onto the road. And I think that so often when we get questions about our parents, why are you choosing to do something different than your parents? It's like pitting family against family. Like, oh, well then there must be an issue here versus no, like your family learned from their family. Okay. This was a little chaotic or this wasn't so ideal. We're going to try to do as good of a job that we can with two children a piece, right? And then you guys are able to take that and be like, okay, our parents did a great job raising us. How can we do that on a bigger scale? How can we learn from what they did and continue to do that? And it's learning from each generation and building onto the road. It's not tearing down the older generation by choosing to do something different and saying that they did it wrong. Anyways, I just think that that perspective is super profound and we can all learn from that. Yeah. I, I loved hearing you talk about, and you guys both speak in this way that's very honoring to your parents. Cause I do think that it, that does seem to be a bit of a knee jerk reaction with people our age. When you have this new vision for family to all of a sudden have like this bitter heart towards your upbringing. And, and like you said, it's this, is, you, when you talk to me, it's like, this isn't an indictment. You know, like I, I want, I want you to, I want their, to, to, them to feel honored. I mean, that's a, that's a commandment to honor your parents. And, and so it's pretty cool that you guys are, I think that's something that I want to take away 
from your heart towards your parents that I think a lot of people in our stage that have this new vision for their family to be like, hey, honor your parents to this day, especially when you're able to see the fruit of your your parents coming around, so to speak. I mean, you know, and, and it'd be like, well, you know, this is actually pretty awesome. You know, like this is, this is a cool thing. If you have a heart that's honoring towards your parents, I feel like that's far more likely versus, you know, trying to prove, prove how wrong they were or, you know, or, or disrespect yeah. them in any way. So I really appreciate your guys' heart there. Yeah, just trying to be mindful of as your family grows, your current and previous existing, already existing, longstanding family doesn't go away. It's how do I integrate them and bring them on board with what I'm continuing to, or what we're continuing to build Mm -hmm. is, uh, that's also part of the equation too, that I think it's, you know, dismissed or, or just disregarded is, all right, my parents and grandparents, if you still have them around, how do I integrate them with my kids and their grandkids and great grandkids too? And that dynamic is, is, is key as well. I think of, you know, some of the old Old Testament patriarchs that, you know, would have lived with, with extended lifetimes and to see like Adam could have seen his great, 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 great grandchildren mm-hmm. and with the lifespans and when they, you know, they were having kids at a hundred, 130 years old, but they were like, you know, just getting yeah, like crazy. barely wet, you know, still wet behind the ears or whatever. And so if you're living to 900 or whatever, you know, you have, you have all this time and you imagine the multi-generational impact when you can go to your great, 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 great grandparents and learn mm-hmm. from them. And they're mm-hmm. still like in their right mind and able body. Like we, we don't, we can't really conceptualize that today. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, we're blessed to have a great grandparent around still, you know, that we have memories with, but uh, more and more, I think that as the, the career oriented track replaces the family mission oriented track and how we're trying to really push against that and, and challenge that whole, you know, agenda. I think there's, there's more opportunity for you to get married younger, have children younger, be able to support and provide for your kids that are getting married and having children younger and to stay involved and, and connected with them. And so, yeah, there could be a resurgence in the not too far future in the coming decades where you could see your great, great grandkids, you know, and, and that's, that's pretty exciting to me as you know, you're talking about previous and, and future generations, mm-hmm. you know, that wow. is so cool. And I'm curious, because you guys touched on this. Um, okay, uh, uh, your marriage after having one child versus having three children mm-hmm. was way different. Can you touch on that at all? Yes. I was definitely like, both of us were trying to figure out how do you have a child and still do everything that you need to do. <laughs> and I remember I was definitely just like that nagging wife that like he would hum- come home from work and I'd be like, here, take the baby <laughs> like that has definitely be like, oh, okay. <laughs> has definitely changed and I feel like because we're on the same team and like we see the greater mission here like we we have so much fun like I remember like in the first like couple of months of having our third like it could be like complete chaos like baby poop everywhere like dogs barking dogs trying to get the baby poop and toddlers naked over here peeing over there like we would just start laughing like I feel like we also just lightened up a little bit yeah and that helped a lot too and I feel like we enjoy each other and it's not like me versus you like I'm doing more than you are and you're doing more than I it's like how can we work together how can we like go get this done how can we get the kids bed to early like to bed early how can we work together and it's just been really 
fun. It's been fun to like enjoy because I always was afraid like of having more kids because everyone says like the more kids you have like marriage kind of sucks or like you don't have time to do anything together and like all these things and so it was really sobering for us to like add a third and it actually get a lot better Mm -hmm. Uh, we also became really disciplined in like date nights that was like a non-negotiable there was like a lot of changes that I feel like we also were doing Mm -hmm. like right at the time that I got pregnant and before she came um and just prayer too I feel like the Lord has answered so many of our prayers in so many different ways um and I feel like I've tried really hard to just live out first Peter is it five first Peter no first Peter three where it says like a wife who your husband will be won over without a word mm-hmm. so like just me living out my faith me going to the prayer closet and just putting it at the feet of Jesus and like not nagging to him because that does absolutely nothing like I don't want to be a leaky faucet so I'm just going to give it to the Lord and it's just great it's just great when you surrender your marriage and like everything to the Lord. It's so beautiful how freeing that feels and how much fun you can have together. So I feel like that's been truly like a whole, like the Lord has really, he's been really gracious in that. Yeah, that's well said. The only thing I would add is the, uh, a couple areas where I became convicted from having one to three in the change that took place in my heart is I realized very quickly how selfish I was and it's not okay, I still have my life and now just this baby is an addendum and like kind of, you know, it's this track, but I still have mine. It's everything gets changed, but it's for the better. Mm -hmm. And having the perspective to realize that at at first you might, oh, my life's over. I can't go out with the guys anymore. I can't Mm -hmm. do this, that, and the other. And it's like, well, your, your old selfish life is over, but there's a more beautiful life of what it truly looks like to, you know, have a, uh, be the prophet, priest, and king of your household and to, serve your wife and and honor her and your like how does that all fit together so it was a way of practically stepping into a new role and, and mm-hmm. being being uh, uh pruned because when you're going through a pruning it's to get rid of the the dead stuff right in, in, a, in a gardening analogy it's getting rid of all the dead stuff that's prohibiting the growth of the of the plant mm-hmm. and so yeah it's not pleasant and there's times of struggle but the uh, vine dresser is never closer with the plant than when he's pruning it. So there's an intimacy with the Lord factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it also allows you to grow because you no longer have these hindrances, like being yeah. selfish and thinking of my agenda and my feelings all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I'll say is, um, yeah, Melina, just a, just a compliment. What she said a minute ago was I remember thinking I'm not on, you know, the opposing team. We're all, we're in this together. We're, it sounds silly saying it right now because you, yeah. you don't think of it that way, but that very well becomes like you be, you grow resentment or even hostile at times to yeah. each other. You're like, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? I've been doing this, that, and wait a second, hold on, time out. We're on the same team here. Mm-hmm. We're we're for each other, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's remember that and now go forward with that that mindset and uh, and I'll, I think being seeing one child to three. I've it's one thing when it's like you're you know the this is my wife right and then it's another to say this is the mother of my children I don't know what it is but I, I, I would just do a bad job verbally processing it if I tried but to be able to look at Melina and say wow she's there's a there's another level of attraction that I have to her as a mother of my children than merely my wife if that makes sense um, but yeah those are some some thoughts I had is seeing her grow from like the mother of one to the mother of three 
three plus, you know, so yeah, pretty. Wow. That's I, so precious. And I wanted to like start clapping seven different times when I was hearing <laughs> about that because I, I love that you guys really paint a picture of like this. I mean, even using the word fun, you're like, who, who would say that marriage could be more fun more fulfilling you're even using the word better like this is this is actually better and, or and more attracted to your spouse yeah. after you know right. having all these babies this is all the stuff that the world says is impossible like that yeah. is not going to happen yeah. yeah and so it's so cool to hear that that isn't only something that you guys pursued i mean it started by like you said trusting god being like oh you know what i'm going to trust god first and foremost and then the fruit from that can be so rewarding um so thanks for i mean i i i love that that perspective that vision um, and, and especially since like, yeah, it's just coming from a place of, of having experienced it. So thank you. Thank you for, thank you for saying all of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as we wrap up here, we want to hear a little bit about what are you guys currently working on today? I know that you have an app for kids and we're really curious to hear about that because we're always looking for resources for our children. And I like that it is audio not video. That's a big thing yes. for me. So can you dive into that a little bit more? Yes. Yeah. So kind of like how I mentioned earlier on when we suffered our miscarriage and the plans that we had set forth with the consultant that we hired and everything, coming out with a kid's app was not anywhere on that board. An app was not on there, let alone a kid's app. Um, but once we suffered that loss, we really just wanted to do nothing but bring glory to the Lord. And he just opened up so many doors for this to come to life. I had always like tried to find something like this, but it was really hard. Like everything that I found was either really boring. My kids didn't really care for it. Um, it wasn't getting updated or whatever. And so we um, met with this guy who developed like the entire app for us but basically the vision behind it was to live out Deuteronomy 6 in a practical way and Deuteronomy 6 says to teach your kids about the Lord from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed when you sit down when you're like literally all day long and I was like honestly in 2024 like the most practical way to do this is with an app because we tend I know you guys don't have smartphones but people tend to have their phones with them like pretty much like that's the way to kind of do it but I was like I don't like screens and screens are really hard for us. Like we try to limit them as much as we can. And so I always felt conflicted because sure, I could put on like super book for them and sure they're like learning about this, but they're having to sit down and watch a show. So, mm -hmm. um, we have it where it's narrated. So it's an app, a audio Bible for kids. It's screen free. You can press play and it's a child that reads scripture and then it's narrated for the other, like, so it's all parts. your, yeah, it's all your, your new new stories are added each week so we, yeah. that's that was a big thing for us we kind of have some of the pillars are the audio screen free experience was yep. like kind of paramount for us because we have you know too much of us on our phones let mm -hmm. alone giving our devices to our kids for them mm -hmm. you know and then it's just 12 hours a day they have a screen through an ipad and not that there couldn't be good fruit to come from i think there are you know people making products that are are using that in the best way possible but to think there's something a little bit refreshing about just listening and being more yeah. auditory. And then it's, we've added dynamic um, experience to it. So with sound effects and background music and mm -hmm. the dramatized reading of the stories, and we want it to be um, very biblically sound too. That was another pillar because uh, again, just looking at what's out on the current market, market mm -hmm. offering. And I know y'all, they don't like veggie tales either. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember listening to that episode. I was like, 
yeah, uh, amen to everything. But we thought, okay, there's so much out there that's, you know, watered down or dumbing it down for children, thinking that, you know, they can't comprehend certain things. And yeah. it, it, we like, okay, we want it, we want this to be attractive for a child, but let's not, you know, skirt around the reality and the truth that, that we see, like, let's, let's give them the whole truth, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an example would be the woman caught in adultery. You don't have to say what that is. You could just, you could say there's a woman who was unfaithful to her husband. And then the third pillar is to, uh, create a resource that you can connect your, to the heart of your child with the gospel. And so that's where having questions and points of discussion that you can take from the stories to then talk about over the, around the dinner table, like Melana said, you know, as you walk by the way, as you rise, as you sleep Mm -hmm. and to, to take these, these stories and principles found in the scripture to then say, Hey, uh, you know, your kid might ask, well, mom, what does it mean that she was unfaithful to her husband? What does that look like? And yeah, we kind of put out your hands if you want. Now it's like, all right, well, you as a parent now have an opportunity to, to teach and to train up your child. And Mm -hmm. well, she, you know, was married and, you know, like you can, we're providing, trying to provide practical resources that kids can now uh, uh, learn and parents are more equipped to teaching their children these things versus just Mm -hmm. go figure it out on your own or drop them off at Sunday school one day a week for an hour to uh, get their Bible education. It's now, what do you do in between the other six days of the, of the week and what do you do before and after? Right. So Mm -hmm. just trying to to live that out in in a very saturated uh, context and using an app and using social media um, for good as a force for, for training your children. So Mm -hmm. that's our, our hope with it. What an incredible resource. I am so glad you guys went more into depth with that because I think it's an incredible resource for our audience. And it's just like right up the alley of what so many parents are looking for right now. Yeah. Ourselves included, just like you said, those conversations. And I I love that you're, you're actually equipping, you're giving more authority to the parent you're not stripping the authority from the parent. You're like, Hey, here's the word of God. Now I'm, you're not off the hook. You're the, you're the primary teacher, you know, and implementer. We're resourcing. Yes. 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 Love that. Uh, Really, really cool. Like it. No, not outsourcing. Put that on a shirt. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) Parents need more of that. That's good. Yes. And like awesome. each story comes with like a color on too. And we included word searches too. So like the kids, like if you want, like we normally do it at breakfast. And so like, I just turn it on and then I print out a coloring thing and then just sit in color and listen to it. Like, I feel like that's just like a lost thing yeah. of like just sitting and concept, like right? looking and like, we'll play it for them before they go to bed or in the car. It's just like another way again, to just have them constantly saturated in God's word without like hitting them over the head with the Bible. And then they'll start teaching us certain things too. And we're like, Oh yeah, that's you're right. That isn't the, that isn't the Bible. You yeah. know? It's, it's, really, wow. it's cool to see that. Yeah. I mean, I wish our kids were inside. They're doing their quiet times right now. Listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys, can you listen on a desktop? You can still like use the app or is it just a mobile app? That is very specific because it so is just a, our issue. We do have like a landing page, like a website, yeah. but uh, yes. I believe it's exclusively for the Android or or App Store. So well, people yeah. have requested that. Yeah, yeah. So we can get a lot of apps on the App Store on yeah, our yeah. If it's computers. on the App Store, I think we, I think can. we can get it and oh, yeah. play it from yeah. our computers. Yeah. So that's okay. Sweet. Yeah. And I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but we might have some um, additional offerings coming out in the well, later this okay. year as far as various platforms so okay so where do people go to find out about that so the the app is called bible stories for kids you it's can go to super easy bible stories for kids dot app 
is mm -hmm. the URL. Or just look it up on the App Store. Mm -hmm. App Store or Android, mm -hmm. uh, Google Play. And... So wherever you app. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wherever you app. We'll put that in the oh, description and then point, future actually. stuff. Yeah, okay. we definitely should have mentioned this one is that it's ad free because the thing about ads is that you can't control yes whatsoever. So there are no ads on there whatsoever. Awesome. Love it. That is a big deal. Yeah, and then where huge. can people go to hear about future offerings or, you know, what you guys are doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. They can follow the Bible Stories for Kids Instagram page because that gets there's a ton of stuff on there. Yeah, I was posting um, it. And then we talk about it too on yeah. Esther Me My House or just like Melina Ciciati's stuff. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be sure to link all of that below. Cause yeah, I mean, you just, you got, you got everybody's interest. You know, we're peaked. It's peaked right now. Yeah, exactly. peaked, so. yeah. <laughs> awesome guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Really appreciate you taking the time to encourage us and encourage our audience. Sure. And just uh, hopefully I just want you guys to keep doing what you're doing. It's so encouraging. Yes. I know it's blessing so many people. So, so keep on. Thank you Thanks, guys. We're so honored. Thank that you. you yeah. it, was a, it was a gift to be on now that we're a family and get to hang out with you guys a little bit. So Look forward to meeting you in person and having you on our show in the future. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Talk soon. Bye-bye.